Some call me Tim. This is a show. Second in a row. With your host from Flat Black Classic. Giving you uh, belief and faith-based sounds. Right now. 
Bless your children. Thank the Lord. Oh, 
away from him, no, never. He's the dearest friend I've ever knew. And when I see him yonder, my love is still grow fonder. In that happy land beyond the blue. And already found me. And love around me.
surely I am the one whom your majesties are seeking? felt that God wanted her to deliver her child. Surely God would provide her with a proper place. Still the day had passed and her husband had failed to return. The evening drew nigh and the snow fell while her heart trembled between hope and anxiety. Thus she was in a quivering gladness when her husband arrived with the happy tidings. Come, my wife, God has provided for the delivery of your child a right place among righteous people according to your hopes and prayers. Meanwhile, with their modest means, the shepherd and his wife prepared a place for Mary's delivery. They moved their own children to the homes of neighbors and prepared a manger in which they lay straw and many hides. When neighboring shepherds heard this tale of the strangers who had come to a town in Israel and searched for shelter among the great and mighty and had not found it, they became suddenly alert with sympathy. Their own stores, of which there was never quite enough, were given now with an understanding of the real needs of others. They helped to remove the flock, leaving only so many beasts as to keep the place warm from the chill of night. And when Joseph arrived with his wife, Mary found her place prepared for her in cleanliness and security, as if God himself had prepared it with his own hands. And it was when Mary delivered the child that the snow ceased falling and the clouds disappeared from the face of the earth. The skies were filled with stars whose number and brightness man had never known before. And it was like the grace of God coming down to earth for the ground shone with a pale greenish light. All the hills and valleys were transformed into a shining green pasture. And the grace of God, like the wings of great eagles on pale blue skies, blended the heavens and the earth till they became one. And the glory of God shone from heaven, and the peace of God rested on the face of the earth. When the shepherds saw from the thresholds of their doors the green pastures shining in the bright light of the stars, they said to one another, Come, see how the earth has transformed itself. This fresh greenness we never would have thought to witness at this time of the year. It's nothing less than the grace of God come to the earth. Let us go out and graze our flocks, for the pastures are thick with rich herbs. Before the shepherds had finished speaking, their flocks, which were gathered under the roof from the chill of the snow, began to peek out on the green fields. 
Astonishment lay in their animal eyes. Here and there the sheep went out after their leaders without waiting for the command. And so it happened that when the shepherds came out after their sheep, they found other shepherds grazing their flocks in the green meadows of the valleys and up on the hillocks. It was as, as though the whole hillside had been transformed into a peculiar time that was neither day nor night. The strange brightness descending from the radiant stars was a light neither like the sun nor like the moon. It was as if the heavens were covered with a shimmering gleam of pearl. The bright stars wandered on the milky roads of the heavens like strangers coming from a distant universe. And there were among them stars whose shapes had never been seen before by human eyes. These came from a mysterious place where God kept hidden the light which was now to shine when the Messiah came to the earth. A quietness came over the world. It was as if the days of the lost paradise had been renewed. Soundlessly the sheep moved unto the hills. Many, many flocks from all the surrounding meadow ascended until they covered the whole hillside with their woolly, thick white coats gleaming under the bright light of the stars. So the shepherds too gathered together. Among them were those who came from distant places and had not seen each other for a long, long time. When they recognized one another, an outstanding gladness fell over them. They greeted each other with kisses and embracing. Dear brothers, blessed be your coming among our pastures. How is it you travel such distance with your flocks? And what is the purpose for your coming? Well, we too were guided by these stars which shine over your hills. Never have we seen such a shining light in the heavens before. A very great thing must be happening here in your pastures, and we have come to learn what it is. When they said this, a great joy overcame them for this thing which had surely happened, and at the same time a great trembling in expectation of something strange and ethereal which the stars had summoned them to witness. While they remained quivering in anticipation of what might happen any moment, they saw an angel of God shoot out from the stars and descend toward them. He was in the form of a man of giant-like appearance with strong heavenly wings. In a flash he was standing before them, and the shepherds with shaking bodies fell on their faces to the earth, for they were sore afraid now. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. When the angel spoke to the shepherds, a multitude of the heavenly host burst from the heavens and filled the air with a song which was heard from one end of the world to the other. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward man. A serenity filled the air as if creation had fulfilled the mission to which God had assigned it on the first day. 
harmonious fulfillment of the day of paradise had renewed itself on the earth. As the angels were going away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they went under the guidance of the stars. And they came unto the door of the dwelling into which Joseph had brought Mary. And they found the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. His young mother was lying near him on the sheepskin which the shepherds had provided for her. The wife of the shepherd was sitting near her and comforting the mother and child with milk and honey to strengthen them. The beasts, brought in from the chill of night, were still with them about the manger, and they licked the mother and child with their warm, moist tongues, as they would do to their own newborn. Joseph, with the shepherd host, was attending them and preparing all necessary things. And it happened that when the shepherd visitors came in and saw the babe in the manger, with the Spirit of God shining from his face, they said to one another, No one except the Savior, which is Christ the Lord, was born here today to the house of Israel in Bethlehem, in the city of David, even as the prophets have prophesied. Blessed be God Almighty in heaven, for he has fulfilled the promise which he gave unto our fathers, the promise of a Redeemer for Israel, a Savior for mankind, and a Messiah for the world. And they fell on their knees before the manger and spread out their arms to the child and cried, Blessed be the fulfillment. When the inhabitants of the dwelling heard of the proclamation of the shepherds, they also fell before the cradle and called, Blessed be the fulfillment. Only the young mother of the child bathed her face with her own tears out of pure joy and pondered all these things in her heart. And a gladness and a joy befell all those who were with the child. And they repeated the words of the angel in song, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and good will toward men. The shepherds left then and went toward Bethlehem, the city, to bring to the people the good tidings concerning these things that had happened to them in the pastures, and to proclaim to them the glory of God which they had seen in the child who lay in the manger. I 
this veil of sorrow. And I saw my Jesus there and brought away. Shined all around him in that city of an unending day. Oh, saw the place, the face of my Jesus. So Radio.fm, some call me Tim, is the show you're listening to. It's all faith and belief based sounds. Oh God, Father, Lord, as we come before the throne of grace. Father, we come, Lord, this morning as humble God as we know how. Father, we know this morning, Lord, that in our hands we can bring nothing but, oh, God. Jesus, I serve you, Lord, you can do all
forward for that reunion day. Here we have a homecoming every year, the first Sunday in August. People come together, all denominations, families get together, have a good time. But that's nothing to be compared with that reunion in heaven. Everybody greets you so, they love you, they hug you. Those that's been gone for years, what a reunion that's going to be. We'll meet in the air, and thank God, I believe there'll be some rumbling. <laughs> I believe there'll be some shouting in the air. All of God's people gathered in the air to meet the Lord. Praise the Lord. Which one? Elsie wants to sing Precious Memories. Trust it will be a blessing to you. <coughs> Precious Memories Unseen Angels Sent from somewhere
swelling thereof. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, but the holy place and the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh wars to cease the end of the He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among them. I will be exalted in the earth. God of Christ is with us. God of Jacob is our witness. It's not much sober as far as drinking is concerned, and faithful in all things. It means pure and godly. It's what they sober minded. I think what you mean there too, sober minded, in other words, you know, clear mind. <coughs> not be 
somebody would ever entice me. Well, you can say the line with an equality. Did you know you got more? Did you know you got more? If I'm not mistaken, women alcoholics in the world today, really, than you got me. But a lot of them are at home, and you don't know about it. Yes, you're right. So anybody else may have something on that?
And soul sounds coming to you from Mutiny Radio FM. This is the Some Call Me Tim show, and I'm a flat black plastic host, Scott Toe. Just guesting because Pam's on tour, so which means we need support. So go to the website, support, and enjoy this uh, soulful music.
said to Trijata, that's Sita, Mother, you are my only companion in adversity. Therefore, quickly devise some means whereby I may be enabled to cast off this body. For this desolation, which is so hard to bear, can no longer be endured. Bring some wood and put up a pyre, and then my mother set fire to it. Thus prove the genuineness of my love for the Lord, O wise lady. Who will stand Ravana's words that pierce the air like a shaft? On hearing these words, Trijata clasped Sita's feet and comforted her by recounting the majesty, might, and glory of Ram. And Trijata answers, Listen, O tender lady, no fire can be had at night. I can't do anything for you. I can't burn you up. And so saying, she left for her residence. Sita said to herself, Heaven itself has turned hostile to me. There is no fire to be had, and I cannot be cured of my agony any other way. Sparks of fire are visibly seen in the heavens. She's talking about the stars. But not a single one drops to the earth. The moon, though all fire, refuses to rain sparks as if conscious of my wretchedness. Hear my prayer, O Ashoka tree. The grove has Ashoka trees, which are the leaves are red like fire. Take away my sorrow and answer to your name. The word Ashoka means that which ends sorrow. Your fresh and tender leaves bear the color of flames. Therefore, supply me with fire. Do not aggravate my agony beyond limits. The moment seemed like an age to Hanuman, as he beheld Sita extremely distressed due to her separation from her lord. Then, taking thought within himself, Hanuman... to lose it just keep doing the positive thing doing the meditation doing the karma yoga doing the kirtan and let it do its trip and notice it and allow it to be the more you push it away the more it holds on the more you get freaked by it every time you get freaked by it you're just feeding it the, the game is, I mean, these, it hangs on for a long time, especially every time you get high, you say, wow, look at how good I am. My meditation's really working. I mean, there's a, there's a myriad of ways. The ego is so exquisitely subtle in the way it hangs on. And all you can do is honor its exquisiteness. I mean, it's, it's absolutely a mind blower as to how good it is. 
Yeah, I mean, it's kept you going for all this time, and most people through their entire life. So, it, rather than try to push it away, or every time you get freaked, just witness the freak. think all of us can share it? It's something that I don't think I can talk about over the radio. Uh, that's interesting. Okay. It means that I hold on, right? Yeah, hold on and see what happens. Okay. Fine. Thank you. It's an interesting thing about uh, what we can share or not with each other and what we call with the listening, because there's only us here, you know, really. And it's far out that, uh, um, you Okay. Fine. Thank you. It's an interesting thing about, uh, what we can share or not with each other. with the listening, because there's only us here, you know, really. And it's far out that, uh, um, you can tell one person and not another. I... I've been learning about that, that there's a beautiful Sikh saying that when you know God knows everything, you're free. And that is when you realize that everything in you is already available to he who knows, then you see you really have nothing that private at all, even though you thought you did. And the more you can see everybody as us, the more that whole business, like there's nothing really other than what the laws Besides the works by individual writers, musicians, and artists, the past history of the culture of Puerto Rico offers a wealth of anonymous artistic expressions embodied in its folklore. By the folklore of Puerto Rico, we mean the creative achievements of the people in all realms of life. Folklore is the accumulation of the wisdom of the illiterate peasant and the poor dwellers who inhabit the remote mountain regions, the villages, and small towns of the island. It includes the decima, copla, aguinaldos, seis chorreao, bomba, the stories of Juan Bobo, the images of Santos, and all the rituals inherited from Spain and mingled with the Indian and Igor influences in our pattern of culture. Folklore is the secret and mysterious ingredient which gives a special character to the traditional festivities inspired by the patron saints the religious ceremonies, and the social family events so dear to the heart of the Puerto Rican people, such as the baptism or the velorio or wake to celebrate the two most important dates in the life of a human being, his birth, since baptism is the recognition of the birth of the soul, and death, since the wake in the Puerto Rican's mind is the farewell to the person who departs from this world to eternity. In many cases, the folklore of Puerto Rico has influenced the poetry, the music and the art of the best-known writers, composers, and painters of the island. Aspects of the Taino culture upon the folklore of Puerto Rico are most evident in the form of religious expression, 
and religion more widely expressed than language, it is no wonder they are deeply rooted in the culture. Foremost among these is the Belorio, or Wake for the Dead. Like their Indian forebears, Puerto Ricans give great attention to the ritual for the dead. The wake consists of the family sitting up for nine consecutive days. The home is open and people come and go while the women keep vigil in deep prayer. A professional prayer woman, Rezadora, leads the prayers, in particular the rosary, while those involved in spirit worship or espiritismo may call upon the newly deceased spirit for protection. All the significance of this ritual is keenly captured in Francisco Ria's painting entitled Evelorio. For the burial of a child, the ritual employed is the paquine. The Indians, like their Christian conquerors, believed that if a child died, his soul went straight to heaven since he had no chance to sin. They therefore wrapped the dead child in white and adorned the house in flowers and marched around the table with the child's body chanting hymns. For the Indian, this was more an occasion of joy than sadness. Both the Belorio and Bakine are ceremonies that still persist in Puerto Rico today. Faith healing is another aspect of the folklore derived from the Tainos. Just as the Indian Boike, or witch doctor, blew the smoke of the mahogany tree leaves over the sick, the curandero, or faith healer, will exhale the smoke of a cigar over the sick with the hope that the evil spirit causing the illness will evaporate with the smoke. The use of certain herbs, potions, and incantations for the purpose of healing are also Indian in origin. The Negro in Puerto Rico made an even greater impact on the island's rich folklore. He too affected the rural aspects of religious rituals. The Bantus, for example, brought with them to Puerto Rico all the superstitious elements of their religion. The strangest superstitions related to ancestor worship still persist. Necromancy or black magic communications with the dead, which is derived from the West African cultures, also exists in many parts of the island. Guayama, a city in southern Puerto Rico, is known as the town of sorcerers. Blacks and mulatos in this area have passed down from generation to generation a host of legends dealing with the supernatural. They also have a reputation of being experts in the preparations of brews and potions to incur evil or good. Hence there is a need for amulets to protect children from the evil eye and forces of these sorcerers. Even today, Puerto Rican mothers resort to hanging La Cabeza Negra, or the Black Head, an amulet made of jetstone on a baby's carriage or person to ward off evil forces. Although the slave yielded to the vigorous Christianizing of the Catholic Church, he nevertheless continued to worship his ancestral gods and perform his witchcraft and magic. Free blacks living in the rural countryside imparted their beliefs to the poor whites, mulatos, and mestizos there. It is no wonder that even today, when one goes into a typical Puerto Rican home, he will see, along with statues of Christian saints and the Virgin, a jungle or black African god to whom, in many cases, offerings of fruit, wine, or other items are present. Although Puerto Ricans are classified as 85% Roman Catholic today, it is not the institutionalized Catholicism per se of Europe. Rather, it is home-oriented with a rich folkloric tradition derived primarily from the African influence. The African influence is no less evident in Puerto Rico's music. 
The Negro is by instinct and experience a music maker. If one examines the African cultures carefully, he finds that some tribes had full orchestras with rather sophisticated instruments. Since the Spanish gentlemen considered it beneath their dignity to play a musical instrument, blacks in Puerto Rico not only became their performers, but also the teachers and composers. The language and literature were equally affected by African tribal cultures in Puerto Rico. Words like ñame, chango, bembe, mango, rumba, etc. are part of the Puerto Rican's everyday speech. The up and down speech intonations in Puerto Rican Spanish are typically African, as well as the grammatical practice of cutting endings. Paranada becomes pana, transforming or dropping consonants in various phonetic implications in the vernacular. If one looks carefully into all aspects of modern Puerto Rican culture, the arts, politics, education, etc., he finds those influencing factors derived from the African tradition in Puerto Rico. Luis Pales Matos, the 20th century poet, is a case in point. With his book of Afro-Antillian poetry, Tuntun de Pase y Griferia, Pales mysteriously enters in the Negro's soul and feels its vitality in the innermost depths of the Puerto Rican people. Uh, since that time, 
I've been ha- and, and even before that, I've been having like a lot of problems in terms of discipline. Yeah. Um, when I meditate, it's, it's once in a while. Um, when I do good things, it's once in a while. And when I do fucked up things, it's a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, from what you've been saying, I can draw out of that a sadhana that involves really kind of um, going on exactly how you're going on but just uh, doing it with a, uh, an awareness behind and not really, not trying, not making efforts, not doing discipline trip at all. Is that compatible with what you've been talking about with the journey that takes you to realization? I think uh, that's a beautiful uh, way of asking that whole thing. and. Uh, uh, it's again a matter of the stage you're at and what your the pulls are like um, you worked at a certain stage you worked very fast and and very quickly through drugs and through intense sadhana and um, um, then you were working very fast and quickly through the worked at a certain stage you worked very fast and and very quickly through drugs and through intense sadhana and um, um, then you were working very fast and quickly through your psychosis or whatever that was that you went through in the hospital. Um, then there is a period or a stage where you start to, it's in a, a slight way a reaction against that, but in another way it's an evolution from it in which you get into uh, a period of your sadhana where you, you take what you've got in daily life and you just keep working with it sort of aim in a certain direction because you couldn't even if you wanted to. I mean, you just committed to aiming towards becoming awake or enlightened. And that aim starts to change in a very subtle way all the stuff of the daily life in the marketplace. And it may be that after a period of however long, maybe a month or a year or ten years, you get to a place where you start to get pulled more and more powerfully and you feel you need another period of very intense sadhana where you uh, go uh, back into the ashram or the cave or something like that. And I think that if you listen with your heart and realize that no particular form is any better than any other form, only the form that's suitable for you, and like very much for me a few years ago I was very deeply involved in a very formal sadhana with so many asanas a day, so much pranayam, so much meditation. Now I'm in a very formless kind of sadhana and I do some and sometimes I don't. And uh, everything at times falls away and I feel like there's nowhere I'm holding on to and it's very scary. And all I remember at times in the three instructions from my guru is love everyone, serve everyone, and remember God. That's all I get left at times. And then, uh, and I... Can imagine working with even Muslims? Yeah, I can. I can imagine. But I also can see that over time, faith strengthens. Uh And as faith strengthens, you can go under really deep. And you know, it's all part of it. It's all part of it. And you can let it all be and know you're going to float back up to the surface. Because even when you get lost in forgetting and getting caught in your melodramas, 
once this process has happened, the fact that you and I are talking about this at this moment means that you are already, it's already happened to you, literally. And now the whole process is just the, what's called the purification or the getting it all together. And once that, once you know that, once that faith is, is imbued in you, uh, then from then on it doesn't really, then you can take all the ups and downs, it's just more of the training. Well, then that comes into the question of patience. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're hearing it all fine, I think. Um, yeah, but it's so shaky. Oh, of course, of course, it's designed to, uh, I mean, it's gonna, always going to push you just as hard as it can. I mean, now you're having to face the absence of external discipline. And that's all all right, that's good. And you see where your internal discipline isn't, you know. And you see how weak your desire for God is. And you sit there and here we are. And then it goes on, because if you make believe you're holy, you'll get into a holy scene and act holy because you're in a holy scene. Right. All the seeds are still hanging around in you anyway. Talk more about that, like another sentence or two about that. That getting into the holy trip, wearing beads and cortes. Yeah, well, we we need a lot of external props at certain stages, and then at other stages we we uh, we dispense with them, and we feel like we're losing something, and then we see that this thing is inside us much deeper than we thought it was. Just when we think we, you know, we always get hooked on externals. But the thing is that these external forms, whether they're ashrams or beads or whatever they are sometimes catch us in models of ourselves that are ahead of where we're at. We get ahead with our heads of where we're really evolved to. We leave these sort of unknown seeds in our heads.
you by the word of the Lord that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not just said reach out to jesus when you get discouraged and and if you believe in jesus so and you support him send your money to mutiny radio you can do it through the internet or you can send it to our address which is 2781 21st street and that money will go towards the lord that lives in each and every one of the people that are sitting in this room that are listening to this and uh, some call me Tim is a show. So, again, reach reach out. Hey, man, something. We're trying to hold you in chapter. Oh, Don't hey. go to the middle of the hell, man. I've been in here. I've been in here. Happy now, I'm happy in my soul. Oh, well, you are not. 
don't know whether you're happy this morning or not, but I'm happy in my soul. Love is I feel a wheel in the wheels. Ezekiel said there was a wheel show the full extent of his love. The devil had already put it into the mind of Judas, son of Simon, to betray him. During supper, Jesus, well aware that the Father had entrusted everything to him and that he had come from God and was going back to God, he rose from the table, laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, tied it round him. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and to wipe them with a the towel. When it was Simon Peter's turn, Peter said to him, You, Lord, washing my feet? the three wild Babylonian baboons went away in the rain eating bread and butter. One morning when Hatrak the horse went away from his shanty, 
He put three umbrellas in the corner next to the front door. His pointing finger pointed at the three umbrellas as he said, If the three wild Babylonian baboons come sneaking up on this shanty and sneaking through the door and sneaking through the house, then all you three umbrellas open up like it was raining, jump straight at the baboons and fasten your handles in their hands. Then all three of you stay open as if it was raining and hold those handles in the hands of the baboons and never let go till I come. Patrack the horse went away. The three umbrellas stood in the corner next to the front door. And when the umbrellas... straw hats to show respect to the one big umbrella. Wherever Dippy the Wisp went, she was always changing hats. She carried two hat boxes with big picture hats on her right arm. And she carried two hat boxes with big picture hats on her left arm. And she changed from green and gold hats to purple and gray hats, and then back to green and gold whenever she felt like it. From green and gold hats to purple and gray hats, and then back to green and gold whenever she felt like it. Now the hill that runs down from the shanty of Hatrack the horse toward the village of Cream Puffs is a long, long hill. And one morning the old man sat watching, and way down at the bottom of the long, long hill he saw four hat boxes. Somebody was coming to call on him, and he knew it was Dippy the Wisp. The hat boxes came up the hill. He saw them stop once, twice, more times. So he knew Dippy the Wisp was changing hats, changing from green and gold to purple and gray, and then back to green and gold. When at last she got to the top of the hill and came to the shanty of Hatrack the horse, she said to him, make up a story and tell me. Make up the story about umbrellas. You have traveled all over the Rutabaga country, seen so many umbrellas and such wonderful umbrellas making up a big elegant story about umbrellas. So Hatrack the horse took his hat off his head, reached around and hung the hat on one of the shoulder bones sticking out behind on his back. 
And the old man looked with a faraway look down the long, long hill running from his shanty toward the village of Cream Puffs. Then he told Dippy the Wisp this story. One summer afternoon I came home and found all the umbrellas sitting in the with straw hats on each other. The umbrella that center you are about yourself you know that is like you and I can talk about all of this you can have these fears and this insecurity and I can have my whole trip my personality trip being wise and knowing or whatever my trip is but behind both of these trips here we are being wise and knowing or whatever my trip is But behind both of these trips, here we are. I mean, you can hear me, I can hear you. We can both look through all of this stuff that you're telling me about you. I could tell you about me. And behind the stuff we are. And slowly you're developing a sense of that. You can feel it even at this moment. Like at this moment you're not a fearful. Isn't that true? Yeah, right. So whoever you are at this moment isn't the guy you're just talking about. <laughs> See that one? Mm. And your work now is to get more centered in this place where we always are so that you can watch your own 
personality drama with a little less uh, uh, attachment to it. You're just attached in being the guy that... And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. The city that is set on the hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a
assertion and denial. To deny the reality of things is to miss the reality. To assert the emptiness of things is to miss their reality. The more you talk and think about it, the further astray you wander from the truth. Stop talking and thinking, and there is nothing you will not be able to know. To return to the root is to find the meaning. Pursue appearances is to miss the source. At the moment of inner enlightenment, there is going beyond appearance and emptiness. The changes that appear to occur in the empty world we call real only because of our ignorance. Do not search for the truth. Oh, 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 
Some Call Me Tim is the show. Mutiny Radio. FM is what you're listening to. Thanks to Pam for letting me fill in and boost your spirit and reach out 